When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copway Podcast. It is Mick and Christian, and we are joined by Empire of the Cops, Farrell Keelan. I think I got called like the fifth Beatle for a couple of shows on yours. You're definitely becoming the third, or the third Beatle if you want to, if you want to, if you want to have that. But yeah, we're going to get stuck into. We've had plenty of time to stew over what was the travesty of myriad of decisions. It wasn't just one decision; it was fucking loads of decisions, which we'll get into, and then we might get a bit stuck into the Europa League stuff at the end if we've got time, but we'll see how we get on with uh, with all this first. But before we get into it, lads, Christian, how are you doing? I'm good, despite the, you know, the shit show that was going on Saturday. I'm quite pumped up for this episode because, you know, it's something obviously that everyone is discussing at the moment. So it's, you know, as much as it's something that we don't want to discuss, it's also interesting in a point of view of, you know, opinions and, you know, whatever... Uh, supporters to other teams says and stuff it's a conversation about you know all that kind of stuff so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it to see what you know what we see and what the other people say so it's something that is going on now it is unfortunately and uh yeah Farrell, how are you have you if you got over it all yet or are you still see them like like us oh the uh the rage is still sort of quietly burning away um <laughs> I, I, I mean to be honest with you i think i think by over you know the course of yesterday and certainly by today I think I'm feeling a bit more sort of optimistic and a bit positive uh, about it, certainly from the how we've sort of responded, you know, and just the general feeling, I think, among the fan base now. Yeah, I think one of the good things that came away from it is that Liverpool looked very good, even with 10 men and nine men, we still looked very good. And it's, I can't wait to see angry, if it was Liverpool 2.0, I can't wait to see angry Liverpool 2.0. That's, that's one of the things that excites me um in terms of what we, what we're going to do in the in the future with if we can st- if we can keep if we can keep 11 men on the field it feels like every game we we go down to 10 men in this case nine men but i know we want to jump straight to the the diaz stuff which don't worry we will discuss it at length and it might take a while and you might get bored of us talking about it but it's got to be talked about at, at, at length 
to kind of get it off our chest because I wanted to do the show straight away, but circumstances and timings and all that. So I've had time to stew a little bit, but I think my views are the exact same as they were then. But let, let's just get stuck into it because I usually ask you about starting 11s and whatever now you're feeling going into the game. But fuck that. Let's just go straight to the uh, straight to the red card, which is, yeah, I feel like all Liverpool fans, and I think some sane other fans think, if you've played the game of footy, physics-wise, the way Jones goes in, goes over the ball, the ball's wet. The way the referee gets called over to the monitor and he sees that image of Jones basically studs up. Um, as the, It looks like a really bad tackle if you look at the still and if you look at it in slow-mo. But yeah, Christian, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? And Liverpool have apparently have appealed that decision today, according to Paul Joyce. So... We'll see, but yeah, what what were your thoughts on on that? Because it was Liverpool started the game quite well, and then that that's so soon into the game, alarm bells start ringing again in terms of the officials going to be shit again, basically. Yeah, you know, it's a it, it's a hard one, and it's a difficult one, um, a tough one as well in terms of decisions. But you know, when you saw it, you know, on the TV when it happened, I just thought, you know, okay, bad tackle. Well, you know. It, in, in the way that it hit the opposition player and, you know, yellow card, fine. Like, you know, move on, play on. Uh, but then obviously whatever happens after with the referee being called out to watch the, the, the screen and all that. And obviously when we see the slow motion uh, images and uh, the the still picture or whatever you call it, you know, on TV, obviously that looks really bad because he hits him quite high up and with the studs and all that. So it does make it probably look more you know, worse than it actually was. But if it happened against us, I would probably call for a red card as well. So it's this, uh, you know, a fine line there where, you know, we've seen so many tackles before this season that should probably have ended in a red card, but it's only been a yellow. So it down, it comes down to, you know, being inconsistent again. You know, it's not the same kind of decisions in one um, game, which happens in the next and all that. So, you know, I, I'm fine to say, okay, it might be a red card, but then we need to have, you know, red cards when there's even worse tackers coming, you know, up in head level or in chest level or whatever that we've already seen. Uh, and it could be Liverpool players as well. I don't say it's only happened to us. It happens to everyone. But it just needs to be some more consistent refereeing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough one. I, I wouldn't just say, you know, it's not a red card. I don't know about you, but, you know, when I've seen it back, it, you know, I can still understand why it's given. Yeah, follow what are your thoughts? Because I, th- I feel like you said it correctly before we started recording. If it was just one of these in, in isolation, one of these bad decisions, you can kind of go, all right, then they got one wrong, but it's the it's then the Diaz and then it's the Jotas and then other stuff where on top of it where you're like, how can this be refed in so one-sidedly, it seems like? On the Jones one, I, I can, at a very, if someone absolutely kicks me in the back and pushes me, I can get on board with it. Like, if you want to give a red card for that, then if, if that's a red across the board, if someone goes in like that and the foot slips over the ball and they want to give that for the rest of the season, then then crack on. Similar to, like, when people are lifting their arms up for, for yellow cards, like, to simulate a, red, a yellow card or a red card to the referee. That hasn't happened, and it seems like they just pick and choose what they want to do and what they want to give reds and yellows for, which I think is... We all want consistency. I don't know that's hard to strive for when there's so many variables in a game of footy, but it's little things like this where you're like, what's you, you then get into the point where you're like, what is what is a yellow? What is a red? 
we're getting to that point, aren't we? And we have been there for a while, I guess. It, 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 the whole thing is unclear, isn't it? But you look at that one game alone and you think the amount of individual calamities that occurred. You know, if you said, oh, you know, this happened and this happened and this happened in the, in, you know, just vaguely in Liverpool season, you'd go, yeah, yeah, over the course of a season rather than in one game, <laughs> you know. And we had enough happen there in just that one game alone where you could feasibly say that, you reasonably say that could happen over a series of months, if not the entire season. It, it was just a disaster from top to bottom. And you could almost see it with Simon Hooper to the on-pitch official. As soon as one thing went by, you know, he, he just wasn't in the right state of mind to officiate the game. None of them really were. Um, the, the Jones thing, I'm, I'm with Christian in the sense of you can understand the arguments for and against. You can understand why it was a red, like the contact against Basuma. You know, if that happened to a Liverpool player, you'd be horrified. Equally, you can understand that Jones hasn't gone in with that purpose, with that malice, that intent to harm Basuma at all, never mind in that manner. The boot's gone, the boot's gone for the ball to control the ball. It's slipped over. There's contact there. It's it's dangerous contact, but there's no, there's no intent. But then I suppose you could look at that and say, in isolation, you can understand why it's a red. Move on play the game with 10 men, see how the, the game unfolds. But then everything else happens in that game. And it's just, it's 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 no longer about one kind of contentious, because you can get away with a contentious decision that divides people. What you can't get away with is, as I'm sure we'll move on to, the Diaz offside goal. You can't get away with just the general mismanagement and the lack of communication between the on-pitch offici- officiating team and the VAR team at Stockley Park, it's it demands answers and it demands questions and Liverpool are right to have issued the statement that they've issued to begin a conversation about that. Yeah, and it's it's only eight minutes later that Diaz and um, Mike, who would do the statue with, put up like a tweet saying like he's he's slightly annoyed that Salah didn't get to keep his like his minutes and goals um, streak. Um, kept it, I think he was on twelve, I think, and he would have gone on to thirteen. But the goal, especially eight minutes after the red, you think right, we're gonna. It might be a bit of a struggle this away against an informed Spurs side. Then you go up the other end and you score it. It's a fantastic goal. It really is. The ball by Salah's perfect, as we've seen. And then, yeah, the finish by Diaz, two touches, and then he belts the bottom corner, and you're like, sounds, yeah, 1-0 up against the 10 men. This Liverpool side have got so much, got massive balls, basically, and, to, and we've seen that in the games we've seen, in the games that they've, that they've played, how good they are and how good they, they are at reacting to negative stuff happening. It happens all the time. We go behind or we get a red card or whatever, it's happened so often. But... Yeah, I'll stick with you then, Farrell. It is you've just mentioned like it is a it's a it's a travesty and yeah basically the statement I'll I i will not read it all out, but Liverpool have put out the statements in in response to basically what happened where they've they've, they've fucked up basically down in England. I don't know if he was in the toilet or he was having having a brew, I don't know what he was doing. But the whole like whatever that has been said, like check complete, even though no one's celebrating the linesman got us has got his flag up. No, everyone in the in the stadium, everyone watching on the telly knew that that was given as an offside. So why, in those whatever 20, 20, 30 seconds, why was that not overturned? But anyway, Liverpool statement says we fully accept the pressures that match officials work under, but these pressures are supposed to be alleviated, not exacerbated by the existence and implementation of VAR. Is therefore unsatisfactory. Sufficient time was not afforded to allow the correct decision to be made, and there. Uh, 
was no subsequent intervention. Yeah, and they basically went on to say that, that them categorising it as significant human error is unacceptable. I think that's the main thing because they're like putting out the statements as though like I'll just uh, put it out there quick. Let's let's try and diffuse any potential uh, alarms, which obviously it's, it's way too late in the day. Apparently, Hal Webb went into, went into the dressing room and said sorry and whatever, like just like a there's like a little boy going to his mum because he's lost and saying sorry, like which is just ridiculous. But it's too late, and I think these type of things have happened all season. We've seen the Onana one in United. We've seen several others where you're like, at what point? What are they? What are these people in VAR in the booth doing? What are they not doing? Is there more? Is there something more sinister to play? It may, it opens a whole Pandora's box of what is actually going on, doesn't it, Farrell? No, absolutely. I, I mean, I spoke about this earlier today um, on Empire, and and I think. <laughs> Though it feels that way a lot of the time when these things happen in the heat of the moment, I, I genuinely don't believe anyone is absolutely biased against Liverpool to the point where we need to suspect it. But the fact of the matter is, these things keep happening and these things keep happening to Liverpool. So even to the, the tinfoil hat specialists, you, you almost can't blame them, blame them going down that sort of alleyway of thinking because these things keep happening. It keeps adding fuel to the fire and we're not being shown anything different. This is the thing. It's, it's not even an apology. From, from the PGML, it's an acknowledgement of failure. There hasn't been an apology to Liverpool. And and it, it stings for so many reasons. It stings because of the history of these mistakes. It stings because when you're coming up in the league against a, an absolute powerhouse of a football team in Manchester City and leagues are decided by a matter of points, by a matter of millimetres in terms of balls going over the line, it, it stings because you don't want to get to the end of the season and think, fuck me, how much did that loss at Tottenham, where Liverpool could have got a point, you know, with 10 men on the pitch, Liverpool looked good enough to potentially produce another Newcastle and get a w- a win all three. But again, we don't know, we're speculating. Liverpool might have gone on and lost the game with 10 men. But Liverpool looked good value for money for a win, potentially, in my, in my eyes, and I'm sure in the eyes of many who watched the game um, and were in the ground. It, 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 it stings because of the possibilities of what could have been for Liverpool, what Liverpool could lose as a result. And the fact of the matter is, what, what, sting, I mean, what stings even more is that, for me is the response that we've almost seen to it. Because we've seen sort of prominent journalists, prominent commentators. I mean, we've got Jonathan Liu from um, The Guardian, who sort of almost mocks it in a tweet saying, oh, replay Spurs v Liverpool, replay the 2005 Champions League final, replay France v One, Liverpool aren't even asking for a replay. We're just asking for transparency. We're asking to begin a conversation that will hopefully improve the standard of officiating in this country, which doesn't, by the way, just benefit Liverpool. It benefits everyone. It benefits Manchester United. It benefits Luton Town. It benefits Everton. It benefits fucking anyone who comes into this league between now and the next decade. I mean, for Christ's sake, it benefits the officials because ultimately, if you're improving the standard of officiating, you're improving the outlook you know, of everyone watching the league and watching the officials. and Because th- it's embarrassing, isn't it, at this stage? It's embarrassing having, arguably, by far and out, the best, you know, the, the most, the, the highest quality uh, of sort of top-flight football available here in England, but with officiating standards that just aren't fit to match and don't look like they will be fit to match anytime soon. Yeah, I, I do. Th- I agree. It is funny, like, the way everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is this is horrific. And then... As soon as the statement came out, it seemed like there was a change in like 
like you said, some journalist and that. I think I mean Gary Neville posted something, of course, like he always always does. He was reacting so like he kept. I think he said, "Oh no!" like four times when you were reading out the statement on Sky Sports. But then he posts a tweet saying, "Like um, this is maybe a step too far." And it's like, well, so we're question. We're allowed to question the decisions, but then you can't then make more steps to question them even more. But this is the problem we've got in this country with, like you said, Farrell, the with the the best league in the world, the best quality, the best players, but we've got the worst officials by far. And that's that's something that needs to change. And it only happens by I mean, it only happens when stuff goes wrong. That's that's always the case. Then you need to, in a way, capitalise on 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 that and um and make the right steps and have conversations. And then this needs to be hopefully a moment where we then look back and go, oh, that was the moment where they started to release the audio or whatever, or they played it out in I think being a bit more transparent because obviously the state of the referees is horrific. And I remember done the show with Glenn Turner, who was a former ref, and he was talking about how poor the officials are, how poor the levels are. They're not trained well enough. The trainers are previous poor referees, so they're getting poor um, mannerisms and poor like um, quirks to, to their to their job. It's put, uh, tra- uh, trans- transpired down the line onto, into other. Or the referees, and it's just there's it loads of stuff, isn't it, Christian? That is is bad about it, but yeah, just coming back to the go- like the goal itself, though, like it's it's not even it's not even close, is it? Like I think like I was saying today, like if it's one of them where it goes in and then they draw the lines, and it's like it, you know where they're like messing around with it a little bit, and you're like, oh, this is going to be close. This this could go fifty fifty, and either way. You don't get pissed off. You go, oh, fair enough. So they've drawn the lines. It's offside, or drawn the line. It's onside, whatever. But this one is so close. No lines drawn, and then they just kick the ball and crack and crack on. And then I think I think thirty seconds later there was a moment. I think you quote tweeted it on on um, X or Twitter, whatever it's fucking called, um, where it bought it goes out for a throw in, and he, he Simon the the referee has his well, I can't even remember Simon Hooper is his name. Uh, he has the whistle to his lips, and then you can see like they're like sit, speaking into his ear, and they're like, "You were just absolutely fucked up, here, lads." And he's 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 thinking about it for a second, and there's like flashes before his eyes, and then he just blows the whistle, and we take the throw in. But that's another thing that needs to change. Like you should be able to go back thirty seconds in a game and just go right, lads. We're gonna we fucked up. Just you can just score a goal. We'll bounce the ball once. You can you can well it in from the six yard box or whatever. I'll stop talking. I'll let you talk now. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I totally agree, especially with VAR, you know, because we, we, we hadn't that before. Like we go back in the early 2000s and, you know, the, the 10, oh shit, I almost, you know, <laughs> my computer almost went, um, you know, <laughs> I'm so upset. Uh, but, you know, uh, you go back, you know, to the early 2000s and the 10 years before that, and, you know, before VAR is even introduced and, you know, they got all this technology coming, uh, you know, you could accept the human errors from, you know, the assistant referees or whatever, you know, some offside that are missed or, you know, they missed some penalties and stuff because it did happen to anyone and everyone and it was part of the game. But now they actually got the tool that helps them and there are several, you know, people watching the game on those screens that can you know if if one missed the second can see it or they can have quick communications and just sort it out because that's what they you know there are that's their professions and that's what they get you know paid to do and i think i tweeted something about you know if i made 
so many mistakes in such a short time of of period i would be sacked on a spot if i did that in my job because you know if you continue to do that you know one error there and the next error and then it seems to be you know a, a major error you'd be like yeah fuck off just get out of here because you're shit um but you know you, you look you you refer to that tweet as well you you look at his face and it looks like you said it he looks you know he goes like pale and looks scared in one way he's, he's the looks of his eyes is just like fucking hell this is gonna you know be massive and he knows it already there and then so why don't take decision and save the day for yourself first and foremost you know because you know it's gonna come back to you it's not just about obviously liverpool supporters um that will be you know angry with him because obviously you know when when you when you see things on twitter and on social media you know there's no room for any you know personal kind of you know abuse or racism or whatever you know we've seen it today you know they're coming out with all these kind of stuff that you know with just stickheads on social media but you but you should be able to you know uh argue and put someone against the wall and actually question their um you know what they're doing and question them quite hard in this case uh taking obviously out any abuse or whatever but it's just I don't know, when you see that pass from Salah and you see that goal from Diaz and you look at the replay, you'd be like, that's that's sure a goal. You know, I was screaming and jumping at home watching it and I saw the replay and I was just like, where are the lines? Because you always see them, but you could still see just with your eyes, without any lines, that it's perfectly onside. And then all those pictures on Twitter also, you know, came out with the lines actually drawn. Um, you know, people do a great job to use kind of put that content out there and you'll be watching it all over again you'll be like what the fuck is going on and then they get the chance to actually go back and change the decision especially when you look at the snow um kick off in the middle you know it's a free kick instead and you got all these chances to just make sure you're doing it the, the right way instead you're doing it the wrong way and you got all this that it happens now in the aftermath of it and hopefully it will change something because like uh, Farrell said as well you, you can't keep going on with it because if it continues to be inconsistent uh really bad decisioning you know referees will get people on them you know people will just hate the game in one way because we said as well you know uh it will benefit Farrell referred to it will benefit you know all the teams and everyone involved and you know for me first and foremost is actually it will benefit all the supporters that pay so fucking much money to go and watch their team play you know going away to London uh, uh you know uh and maybe staying overnight or you know with travels and whatever you know it doesn't it's, it's not cheap for anyone and if you go and watch your, your your team you can probably accept you know, mistakes can happen and stuff like that. But when you see these kind of mistakes, when it's so majorly changing everything for you and you pay all this money and you have to go home again, knowing that that mistake happened, it's just not fair and something needs to be done to change it. Otherwise, we can just scrap football. And, you know, you referred to that tweet as well, Farrell, that, you know, someone said, replay this game, replay that game or whatever. I also did some quote tweet on that one because the, it ended that tweet with maybe we should just, you know, restart the sport. And I was like, fuck it, let's do it then. Get rid of all the dodgy, inhumane o uh, owners of football club that, you know, seems to be cheating. Get rid of any dodgy owner, get rid of shite referees and all incompetent people. And let's bring the back the beautiful game because it seems like with everything that's been happening with modern football, everything just keeps on making it not the beautiful game. It's making it, it's making it being a, a a sport that you start to in one way dislike more and more 
except for obviously the love to your team. But even the annoying thing for me, Christian, about that tweet was the fact that you know Liverpool's statement wasn't. I don't know. I don't know where so many journalists and so many fans have got this idea that Liverpool are asking for a game to be replayed or for the goal to be you know retrospectively allowed. Liverpool haven't asked for that. There's literally nothing in Liverpool's statement that specifically asks for that. So I've no idea why so many like reliable, experienced, professional, top journalists uh, and top commentators are obsessed with this idea that you can't find it. Have a look at Liverpool's statement. Seriously, have a look at it. Read it. Read it deeply because there's nothing in there that suggests anything that these commentators are saying. More to the point, why is there no flexibility to break from protocol when you're in this position? When you can see him, you know, listing here and saying, you know, lads, maybe it's something in the air saying, lads, we fucked up. And, and I know, I've, I think I've read something, what the, the free kick was played, there was a new phase of play, and then they couldn't yeah. pull back the decision. Why the fuck can't you? Yeah. Why the fuck can't you? If you know, and, and it's such an error of such horrific proportions. Are you telling me that if Simon Hooper goes... Sorry, lads, I'm going to break from protocol here, bring the player back and award the goal. Is he going to be reprimanded after the game for what is fundamentally the right decision? And we've, the only reason we've avoided this right decision is because, you know, the VAR team have got it wrong. The on-pitch official maybe hasn't confirmed twice to say, lads, are you sure this is an offside goal? You know, I, I don't see a world. I mean... If, if if there was a serious risk of him being reprimanded for delivering the correct, I, and I appreciate there's there's a probably you know there's a reason for this. I'm sure they don't want referees going rogue every single game. I'm sure they want it all by the book. But as a temporary measure, when the book doesn't seem to be serving referees very well this season, you know some flexibility at least for this season until they can sort their shit out in terms of you know simplifying the rules for the officials, uh, simplifying like the channels of communication, working on sort of grassroots and just, you know, really like improving the standard of the officials coming into the league in the first place. Before we can implement these long-term things, we need to think about short-term solutions because there's going to, let's be completely honest here, gents. This isn't going to be the last time that a football club and the fans are absolutely fuming about an officiating decision. It might not be Liverpool, probably will be Liverpool again, but, you know, this could easily happen to a Tottenham. This could easily happen to a Manchester United. And I can't wait to see, you know, the reaction from the, from these clubs as well. Because you know what? They'll be furious and they'll be right to be furious. And um, and you'll have the same journalist popping out the woodwork again to say, well, they've said sorry with a total non-apology. So, you know, let's just move on and not, you know, open community. Have, have just a conversation about improving the standard. Not, not, not to point necessarily just point fingers have a conversation a productive conversation and move forward yeah exactly because i mean like i said before like the onana one against uh wolves against united they could have been they could have been the team that went right you know what fuck this like we should have got a we should have got a last minute penalty and on and, and, and probably would have scored it and would have got would have got a point a point from the game they would have got a point from the game or they would have got something from the game at least um and yeah it's it's just it does my head and when you see people online like that saying um yeah typical liverpool like doing this it was like we we don't want this we don't we want decisions to go our way we don't want decisions to go wrong when have to be the only team that has a, a pair of balls and sticks up for themselves and go actually we're, we're not we're not dealing with this we're not having this like it's not for our benefit it's not for a replay the, those people putting petitions online are just some little pseudo liverpool fans who pretend to be liverpool fans but trying to give there's loads of them online like trying to be, trying to be liverpool fans to give liverpool a bad name 
basically, and they're creating petitions. And I don't know how, like you said, Father, that these journalists and whoever, how they're, I don't know if they're getting sent these things on. Look what Liverpool fans do online, and then they can just incorporate it into a piece because it, like, I don't know, it sells better if Liverpool, are tr- it looks like Liverpool are doing, trying to do something cringy to get a game replayed. No one saying is asking for the game to be replayed. What we want is proper referees who are going to make decisions. And like I said before, stuff has to go wrong in footy, for, seemingly, for, for change to be made. Um, if that's the case, then it sorts itself out in the future. I've got no optimism at all in that, in that happening at all. I Just like you said, I fully expect it to be a shit show completely for the foreseeable until stuff sorted out. But yeah, protocols need to be changed for stuff like this where if someone's I don't know I don't know what the Darren England was doing. Is it what was he having like was he just dunking a few digestives in the back and just wasn't near this what was he doing? And that's the point. Like Liverpool have asked for the audio to be uh, released and then we'll whether they, whether they'll do that or not, it'll be crazy if they don't because it's it's a massive thing that needs to be needs to be it's transparency but i've got no faith in these people anymore and that's 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 a big problem yeah but that's also the case when you you know thinking of what they're doing in the var room because like i said there's several people in there you know watching the game watching the screens and you know i've seen tweets from people saying you know if there's 50 lads half drunk in a pub who can see you know it's a onside goal and also obviously you know they can see that the assistant referee is holding his flag up for offside and all this miscommunication that they said, you know, happening after, you know, when they say check complete. So, you know, the official referee think that, you know, because they went with offside first, you know, they are actually saying check complete, it's offside, while they they in the VAR room think they actually, you know, given the goal and means like, yeah, it is onside, you know, check complete. How can, you know, how many are they? Like six, seven, eight people. You know, miss that even though they are watching the same game. When there's people like me watching at home seeing the replays, when there's people in the pubs watching it, and when the people's at the game watching it, and they are actually watching it in a professional manner because that's their job. How can they miss it and not be like, oh, wait, hold on, do this, do it right? And it only takes you no, know, not long time to just revert it back and you make a change and just make it correct. Instead, they just go with the incorrect decision. And they know that, you know, like I said, they will get fucking shitstorm off of them because it will, it's what will happen because at some point enough is enough. And that's what happens now, obviously. I think, I think Mick, you've got it on the point there. It is a matter of faith as well. It, it is a matter of going into these games week after week and, and wanting, wanting to believe that when you come into a game of football, it's going to be about the when you when you when you're talking with mates, when you're talking with other journalists, we're talking with the writers. When you're having these discussions after a game, you want to be having a discussion about the football. You want to be having a discussion about which player impressed you. You want to be having discussions about the, the manager's changes at half time that changed the game. You want to be talking about in match moments anything that doesn't fucking involve the officials. With the greatest respect to them, the best officials on this planet planet never get talked about. They're never a factor in the game. It's always, you know, the game runs smoothly. The right calls were made. That was it. Let's talk about the players that impressed us. It we should be able to go into that everywhere. And this is the problem now because we, we've raised the question, and rightly so. Going into every game, the question at the back of our minds isn't going to be, "Oh fucking hell, hope hope Darwin Nunes scores a belter." Oh, can't wait to see you know if if Kanata comes back in for Joel Matic. It's going to be, is this official going to ruin the game for us? I, I'm you know, it, and it shouldn't. 
be that. It shouldn't be that. And especially, and it's disappointing, really, because, you know, you're looking at a game like Liverpool and Tottenham that was billed, rightly, as the most exciting game in this season, yet, across the Premier League, the most exciting game. Two exciting attacking teams going for each other, hell-bent on, on three points. No, no holds barred. And it became about the officials. You know, a, a game that every Liverpool fan, every Tottenham fan, every neutral should have been able to comfortably go into and watch and enjoy. And it was taken away. Yeah, it was. And, and that's that's another, I guess, part of the problem. You can't enjoy the game anymore. And I mean, like, I, I always think about the McAllister, like, red card. And that's like, we still won the game. The right decision was then made because it was rescinded. But you can kind of appreciate or accept those type of decisions in the moment because like well he's thought it was a red um it shouldn't shouldn't have been given <laughs> in retrospect it should have been overturned by VAR in in the moment but you can kind of be like all right fair enough whatever but like something so it's because it's so drastic it's it's so obvious if it was closer then you can maybe get on board with it but because of the circumstances the red card then following on from that the the goal which is clearly on side I just feel like this game was Hopefully, a benchmark or a, or a, a moment in time where you go right. That was the that this was the game that changed everything. But like we like we've just been saying, I've got absolutely zero faith in it. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll see what comes from the from the uh, the formal request for the audio because that'll be. I mean, I'd love to know what was going on in, t- in terms of communication and stuff because there's clearly clearly none or very little or just very very poor in what they were doing. So we shall see. But let's let's. Um, as much as we, as much as we don't want to, but we might as well go through the game a little bit in terms of the other stuff that happened because Liverpool did do some, did some good stuff. There's obviously some more shite that we can talk about as well in terms of yellow cards for Jota and stuff. But literally two minutes later, Son scores, and I thought it is a well worked goal to be fair. But you just knew as soon as as soon as the red card, and then you get you don't get that goal, you the Diaz goal, you're like, well, they're probably going to go up the end now and score, and of course they did, and it was a well-worked goal, but you then you're like doubly seething, aren't you, Christian, because you're like, well, we should have should we should have 11 men, we should have been 1-0 up, and also now you go up the end and fucking score, and it's just, it was just typical of the way it was going, and it was playing perfectly for the officials, because that's, that's the scene, the way that they wanted the game to go. Yeah, and you know, it's laughable in one way. I was laughing now while you were saying this because it's just the perfect way of, you know, uh, saying it and describing it. It's like we we get the red card, we score the goal, it's ruled off, it's ruled off as a offside, and there you go and score. And you'd be like, yeah, well, that, that's the thing. No, that, that's that's that game. Just, you know, fucking turn the TV off. Obviously, you don't do that, but that's the feeling that you have there and then that you just fucking out do something else because, you know, it started off with those decisions and you just knew fucking true in my night, you know, you like Ferris said, you'd be looking forward to this kind of game. It's a big game, probably the biggest game of the season in terms of the attacking teams in where they are in their table and all that. And it just takes, you know, not even like 20 minutes or something like that until the fucking game is ruined because of those shite decisions. And obviously they score and you just think now with 10 men versus a team that is good, uh, already scored and what we already been through, it's going to, you know, probably they're going to score again and again. But obviously that changed with us scoring. So, you know, there was some light in the tunnel showing showing for us as well. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Even if you know you're fucking happy that Gakpo scored and we come back one-one, you still have that feel inside of you because of the way way a decisions that already happened. It's still already ruined the whole feeling of football. So I actually find it. I was I was happy for the goal, obviously that we're back, but I still found it. You know, what if we still would have had 
you know, the 11 men on and the red card wasn't given, you know, you know, in hindsight, you can actually say that maybe it was a red card, obviously, but then you look at if we were already 1-0 up, maybe they wouldn't score, or if they won one and we score the second, it's 2-1. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. If, I don't know if Christian's gone now because he looks like he's still a little um, mannequin challenge again. He'll probably be back in a minute. But um, <laughs> yeah, and and just on just Christian just mentioned like the Gaspo goal there, uh, Farrell, and I think even the fact that it was a great goal, the fact that he then is injured, I just felt like that was just like yeah, fuck's sake, cherry on the top of the, the cake here in terms of he's obviously going to be out for a while because he doesn't go down easy. It's a great goal, but then he get, he then he, he gets injured and gets replaced, but. Yeah, was you feeling the same as Christian at half-time? 1-1 one, one, thinking, yeah, it's still going to... Was you feeling optimistic or was you, like, I guess, feeling it's probably going to go the same way with the officials, the way they are being shit like they always have been in the, in the same game? I, I think, yeah, definitely sort of optimistic. Again, you know, and I, I, how, how I view the game was very much separated by performance and what the officials did during the game in terms of performance as I was very happy as I'm sure every Liverpool fan was with the effort sort of put in by uh, the lads on the pitch um, throughout the entire sort of 96 minutes um, I was optimistic a result could have been had um, in London uh, with, with, with 10 men certainly absolutely I was I was optimistic about it we've already shown our sort of tenacity and our, um, our determination you know Liverpool's Mentality has massive, massively changed this season. Massively changed compared to the last one. So, I, yeah, I, I was I had faith in it, but you know, I think you never know with the standard of officiating this year. You know, I suppose, and certainly it, it would have been in so many, so many people's minds: the Diaz offside goal, the the Jones, um, the Jones decision as well. Um, regardless of how you which side of the coin you fall on, so I, yeah, I, it's got it's gutting to lose Gakpo. As well, because you just think as well, sort of think long term. You know, that's that's a player that could be really sort of valuable for Liverpool in our sort of upcoming games. You know, might have might have played a role against Union Saint Gilles. I don't know if I probably butchered that pronunciation, but um, (laughs) but I've it's just frustrating because you do wonder. You know, the dominoes that fall, do the same dominoes fall if this decision doesn't happen, if this decision exactly. doesn't happen? And, you know, even even down to the substitutes, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm convinced Canate, probably, I'm, I'm not sure. And again, I don't think it's a reflection of Matip. I think he was brilliant uh, for much of the game. But I do wonder whether maybe Matip gets brought off if Liverpool are down, even down to 10 men. Nine men, it doesn't happen. Yeah. But you think, oh, does Canate come on? Is he still as tired? You know, he's played 96 minutes. And it, I, you just think also... Nunez probably still comes on with maybe with 10 men. And, you know, you've seen the impact he has against Newcastle. There's there's so many questions I have about how the dominoes would have fallen if Liverpool had 11 or even 10 men. I, I it, it, It's just, I mean, I'm in no way, I'm absolutely proud of the lads. I think, again, maybe the only player that maybe didn't cover himself in glory was perhaps Diogo Jota um, in terms of maybe, the, you know, his yellows. But, Otherwise, I've absolutely no complaints. Yeah, I think I think Christian, are you back now? I think you are. He's just blinked. We're all <laughs> just, he's, he's blinked. He's there. Yeah, he's there. you know, yeah, so... I got so angry, so all the energy and all the Wi-Fi. Just, you know, I was. <laughs> it happened again. Wi-Fi evaporated. Yeah, but it might be that you know when Farrell's with us, you know, it's his fault. Maybe that's what happens. Oh, right. <laughs> oh I see. No, you can't I see. Him. Here we yeah. go. Yes, yeah. <laughs> nah, sorry. <laughs> it is what happens. You know, uh, 
Just, anyway. yeah, just blame blame Farrell's internet on his washing yeah, machine. It's, it's, it's the, fa- <laughs> the famous Yorkshire internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's famously yeah. shit in Yorkshire, the internet. Yes, yes. Uh, the, tea's, heard, the tea's yeah. good, but the, the internet shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right, I'm right, basically, bang smack near the countryside. Like, honestly, you, you walk down my street and it's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's all fields and you kind of think, oh... Well, at least the air is fresh and all. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I, yeah. I work a lot of, from home and I'll be in the kitchen or in the living room where the router is and it's never any problems. Then when I do the pod, obviously, I go to, like I said before, to like the furthest away from it. And you, you think, yeah, it will be okay because I pay fucking loads for it. And then, you know, it still, still fucks me up sometimes. But yeah, that's the way it is. Still, it's not as much of a fuck up as the referees, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll like take some doing. Like, well, like I said last time, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, Farrell's here. When, <laughs> yeah. when you were like, when you were doing the crouchy robot and you were stuck, I could still see Farrell's face smiling up at me. So I was like, yeah, it's not mine. It's not mine. We're still alive. Um, but yeah, we were talking about the, the game and the Gapo obviously coming off. Jota comes on. At, at that point, I was like, should Nunes come on? I was like, is, should, is, this a, is this a Nunes moment to bring him on at half time? I, I don't know. But. Back, let's get back to the shit stuff because there's another one that I want to bring up, which is the which is the Salah one, 65th minute. Salah wins the ball, and um, yeah, the, I think it's Basuma, and he falls over, and then Salah's basically through on goal. Could have either took up the player on like he always does in that in that position, and killed the top top corner, bottom corner, whatever he wants to do. Referee pulls it back, and Salah has a goal, in which you very rarely see Salah going that ballistic in a game, and I love when he does do that because I love an Andy Mo Salah. But then he gets the yellow card for, for for the descent and stuff, and that's just another one that that folds into the Jota one, which is like Farrell said, doesn't cover himself in glory in terms of coming onto the field, and then he gets two yellows in the space of two minutes. But the first one trips over, and I think the second one he dives, and I saw like a screenshot today that Udogi is, I think he's on a yellow, isn't he? And he's on the he's on the floor, and he's doing yeah. the imaginary um, yellow card thing, which we saw earlier in the season. I think McAllister got a yellow card for for doing that, and it's like, again comes back to the consistency because he's on the yellow card there, and if he's doing that, he should be off. So again, it's another decision where you go, well, that could have then again changed the result, could have changed our fortunes for the better. Um, but yeah, Christian, what 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 are your thoughts on on the on the Jota stuff? Well, the first one, you know, when when it happened, it looked like, you know, it was a yellow card. So, you know, when you look at it straight away like that, you know, when you see it's in the live or whatever, you'd be like, ah, fucking hell, it's probably on in them. But then you see the replays again and you can tell, you know, he trips over himself. And, you know, even if there's a slightest touch, it's a very soft yellow card. You know, I don't think it should be given. And obviously the second one is stupid in one way because, you know, throws himself in late. It doesn't, you know, hit him badly, but it hits it looks like it hits him anyway, you know, over the, um, like the what do you call it, like the the chin pads or whatever. But with that, stre- you know, stretched leg, and you know, even if it goes down easily, it's one of them where you can't really complain about it. It's just a stupid way of you know trying to recover the ball when you lost it. You know, he loses his mind. But you know, in the end of the day, it should have been his first yellow card and not been sent off. Yeah, and again, I think like even. The space between them is so it's the first one's 68 Farrell and the second one's 69th minute. So the first one, he falls over, and I was like, well, whatever, if you feel, feel it's a yellow. But then Jota's the way he goes in isn't right. I don't, I don't think he touches him that much, to be honest, if any, for the second one. But the referee is so quick, so fucking fast to get that second yellow out. 
it's like, well, so you gave him one yellow, but then you're going to literally just, you, you're not going to go, all oh, right, I've, I've fucked up this game loads already. I'm not even 70 minutes in. I'm not going to give any Liverpool rubber the green here. You could have just said there, right, one more and you're gone, mate. Like that, you could have just left it there. We could have had 10 men with the game again. Might have well in our favour. It's just little things that there was so, like we've said at the beginning of the, the, the show, like there was so many stuff, so many bad decisions in there where you're like, they're not wanting to break from protocol, but they're also not using just like, I mean, common sense. I don't really, don't really like that term because like there's a lot of people just haven't got common sense. And, but it seems like these officials haven't haven't got any in terms of just kind of refereeing the game and feeling the flow of the game. They haven't they haven't got that in the in in the, in the system. It doesn't seem like. No, no. I mean, you almost think I, I don't know. I, I guess there's one. I think Jota gets away with against Basuma, isn't there? That I think Cooper sort of lets fly, and I don't know if he's got. I assume he has that in mind when he gives sort of second yellow and thinks it's almost sort of balancing the scales. But by that point, you, you know, you've already overbalanced the scales in, in favour of um, the hosts. And, I, you know, I, I just, I yeah, I mean, yeah, this it all comes down to, again, like the nature of the occasion. I think you've got to, how you officiate, and I'm sure there'll be people that disagree with this, how you officiate Liverpool against Tottenham in arguably the biggest game of the league season just gone, just yet, so not just gone, just just now, currently, uh, just yet, and how you officiate Everton against Luton Town are two very different prospects, I, I, I think. You know, you've got to bear in mind that not... not not that I'm saying you need to let the game flow to the point where players are just killing each other and breaking, snapping legs left, right and centre. But you, you, I don't know. I, I just, there's such, you just can't, I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words. You just can't go about officiating the game in that way. And I think, I don't know, it, it, it's so, it, again, it goes back to that first half, isn't it? It's so clear. He's so, Simon Hooper is so aware of the, of the mistakes that have been made on his end that have been made by the officiating uh, the VAR team back at Stockley Park, he's almost kind of in this daze where he's just running on this bizarre kind of autopilot and he's not really thinking about anything and you know he, he's almost digging the hole deeper and seeing where he'll end up. I, I, I've it, it's just a travesty from from start to finish. Everything about it is an absolute travesty and we as Liverpool fans even Tottenham fans as neutrals um, we're all the losers for it Yeah I feel like um, yeah you just you, you see often like referees if you make a clangor they then try and like make it up a little bit even though you shouldn't should they shouldn't really do that they try and help the team in a way to give them like more favourable decisions but he just seemed to be like oh well I fucked up I might as well just keep fucking up and just make it a massive make it he almost doubled down against us. Yeah, it was it was it was a really weird tactic. He didn't give us any like I think like the Jota one. I think like if he just spares him there, like you can, and then we go on to win the game or get a draw. You're like, well, you wouldn't thank him for it because he's fucked fucked up so so much already in the game. But you'd be like, well, at least he tried to balance the books a little bit towards the end of the game. But he just didn't have that in the system for some reason. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just horrific, horrific. And then we can touch on br- briefly the. Of course, like as the game was getting down towards like 90, 90 plus six, I was just like, it got to like 90 plus five. I was, I just had a really bad feeling we were going to score. And of course, you can't predict a, an own goal in the way that it went in. And it's very cruel, such a cruel way to 
to lose a game in which it felt like everyone was against Liverpool. It felt like everyone was stacked against us. The officials, the decisions, what everything that was happening was against us. It felt like, um, and then Matip <laughs> finishes finishes nicely, top corner, fair play to him. But um, you just like fuck's sake, like that was just they just get just get through the next thirty seconds and we get a draw and all these problems are still there. We still talk about them in the same way, but the blow has lessened a little bit because Liverpool have still got a point. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Let's let's leave that game behind because we've we've got another game to talk about here, and I feel like we could talk about that game for another forty-seven minutes, and we still wouldn't feel good about ourselves. I feel a little bit better now. I've got most of it off my chest, but um, Christian, let's talk about the. <laughs> it feels like a bit of an anti-climax now talking about Europa League game after moaning for that long, but we've got we've got to do it. Um, Europa League, and, and I don't know if I'm gonna, I'm probably going to butcher it as well. Final Union Saint Gilles. Um, of course, Kevin McAllister is playing for them and not the one from Home Alone. It is the it is the actual one who plays uh, for them and he is Alexis McAllister's brother. But what what are you thinking of this one? Because it's Thursday, we're at, we're, we're at home. It'll be a good atmosphere. Euro- European, obviously it's not a Euro- European night in the same way as a Champions League night, but it's a European night nonetheless. What are you thinking in terms of like lineup? Because of course, Gakpo is injured. Jota will be out of the next game. Jones hopefully won't be so. There's, 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 and of course we've we do mix and match quite nicely for these games. What do you, what do you think in terms of lineup for this one? Well, I think there will be a rotation again, and you know, obviously now playing at home for the first time in the Europa League this season, and after the game against Tottenham, you know, there might be you know an angry Liverpool two point like you said. So there might be, they might be tasting you know loads of fucking goals coming at them. To be honest, because. I think they just want to, you know, show the home crowd now, uh, the team that, you know, they are angry and they want to show it on the pitch um, by playing good, by fighting, by scoring, by winning. Uh, and it's not only now in the Europa League, I think, you know, next week as well when we, when we, you know, talk about the Premier League. But, you know, I think there will be like a rotation and look like similar to the first game in the Europa League away against Lask, you know, with the Bandok and obviously Nunez playing. Um, I don't know now, obviously with Jota being... Um, you know, with the with the Premier League decisions, you know, playing playing, and we see what happens with Curtis Jones as well. Obviously, now when you know what this decision will be, but you know, it might be that you know he plays in there in a tournament, but just because using him uh, and resting the others, uh, because we need them. Obviously, if he's gonna be um, out for three games or whatever, you know, then we need the others to be fresh. So we might use him in there, maybe the you know the number six position or whatever. So then I think, you know. Endo, Gravenberch, maybe Chris Jones in the midfield because of that, what happens, we'll see. Um, Bendok, Nunez, like I said. Uh, I think also with, we'll see if Bicetic, I haven't read anything about his uh, status, but, you know, if he comes in at, at like a right back playing that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold position uh, and all that kind of stuff like we've seen before. So I wouldn't mind that because I think we're going to be that strong anyway against uh, that kind of opposition without any disrespect and they're playing at home. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something, you know, to rotate and, and have other players fresh against uh, Brighton away at the, at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, finally, you think it's similar, similar type of vibe for the for this game? I'm, I'm very excited because I, I do think coming off the back of that game, you know, all, all it's done is really just fire up Liverpool, hasn't it? It's fired up the players. You look at the response from like Nunez after the game, you know, coming onto the pitch and sort of, you know, gesturing with his hands, you know, chin up Liverpool fans. We're getting through this. The response from like Van Dijk and McAllister, it's, 
it's really lit a fire under us. Not that we needed one because the performances, you know, since the start of the season have been phenomenal and the drive has been phenomenal. The change of mentality has been phenomenal. But this is really, I'm going to, I'm, I'm expecting to see a, a response isn't the right word because I, I don't, I can't question the performance against Spurs, but like, um, yeah, a, a continuation of what we've seen so far. And, and um, yeah, I, I think, as Christian said, I think it'd be silly not to expect changes. So, you know, Kelleher back in. I think I wonder whether this might be a game where you might start a few of the players who are then looking to start against Brighton sort of three days later. So will, will Trent, I imagine, play a half. Uh, Nunez will probably sort of play a half as well. Um, uh, uh, the midfield is, is going to be interesting as well. And also how you sort of balance that against the forward line. Because if you're saying, I don't know, are you going to want to play Diaz to start with and you know given that Gakpo is injured you because you would have probably played you know something like Jota, Gakpo and, and Doak but I do wonder will you have a discussion again where you're having Doak on the left, Jota up top, maybe Elliot on the right and then your midfield is a combination of probably Endo, Granberg and I don't know, Bacetic. Otherwise I think as you'd expect Trent, Matip, Kwanzaa, Simakas. Yeah, I think so. I think the good thing is we've got plenty of options in there. I think even Jones maybe as a the right back hybrid type thing. He's done well uh, last time, so but that's a potential as well. Um, should we should we swerve score prediction? Because I don't know, is it is it is it worth it? Does Christian, do you want us to keep doing it to see if you keep getting the right? Just keep saying three one. Nah, well, you know, <laughs> this time with the you know the anginess that will come out, and you know, with the Anfield, you know, backing them up, uh, and I don't know anything really about the opposition and how good or bad they are, you know. So that's the thing, and you know, we all, all teams are good though they are professionals, but I think and I hope that we will come out and you know, like Farrell said, we've already been really good and having, you know, the change in mentality and the willingness to win and the power and everything with the new boys in midfield and stuff. But I think it would just be something that will continue to happen. And now with this kind of decisions that happen against Tottenham behind us, but still obviously the discussions going on and we want to, you know, play at home and all that kind of stuff. I would probably say we go out and just smash them. I would say I go I go 4-0 at least. At least four nil. So are you going? Are you going to back up a four nil? Or I, I was really, you know what? I was thinking my first thought was a four nil. Um, and and like, if, if it, honestly, if we put out a starting, you know, our normal sort of starting eleven, I'd be confidently saying a four, a good little four nil, maybe something higher. But I think with the changes and like Christian pointed out, you know, we've got to factor in it's a different kind of, you know, we've not faced them yet. We don't really know what we're coming up against. Um. I'm expecting a really, really. I'm expecting probably the kind of performance that you think you you come out at the end of that game for. Oh, yeah, we could have had them for three or four, but I think it'll probably be more like a two 0 mm, I'll go in the middle and three 0 So we've got two, we've got two, three, two, three, and four. I'll take that. We'll take there that. you go. We'll take that. Um, you know, you right. know what's going to happen after you, they score the three 0 and we still got ten minutes to go. What red card? <laughs> oh yeah, well no, another goal, obviously. Because I'll be like 3-0. Just watch what's going to happen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. But as long as Liverpool win the game, we're all, yeah. we're all good. We're yeah. all good. That's the most important um, Right, lads, we shall leave it there. We've done a lot of a lot of moaning, and rightly so, but I feel like I feel I feel lighter in, in myself after after getting it off my chest. But as always, I appreciate you both jumping on. Thanks to thanks to Christian, thanks to Farrell for 
Yeah, I need to Pleasure. come up with like I need to come up with like a, a better nickname than the third beetle. It feels like a bit of a just a just a copy a copy of like what you what you were calling me for Empire. So I'll have to think about it and I'll come up with something. I'll have to come up with something. I'll, I'll leave it in your capable you. hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, nice one, lads, for jumping on nice one as always for listening to everyone. We really do appreciate the sport. Like I always say, but I'm gonna keep saying it, like I always say. I keep saying it. Keep saying it every single time, but I'm going to keep saying it anyway. Thanks, everyone. Um, but yeah, up the Reds. That's what we can. That's what we can uh, beat. I, I don't even want to say. It. I'm going to call them US USG USG. I think they should call. I think they should rebrand to USG. I think that just sounds it just sounds cooler. Um, but let's hope the Reds can do it and kind of yeah try and forget about the travesty that was the the Spurs game and then hopefully build on it for the Brighton game and get, fully get it out of our system. Hopefully the results go our way as as well as they did free the um, Spurs game and we had a perfect chance and obviously we, we couldn't capitalise because of certain factors out of our control so hopefully win this game go on to Brighton and, and do some more good stuff but yeah as always appreciate it and we'll see you all very soon nice one I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast Podcast Network.